This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you don't feel like you should weigh that, put that weight on your inner circle, Call the hotline at 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is an author, coach, and founder of the Family Enrichment Academy. He has been married for 40 years, has six children, as well as 12 grandchildren. His background as a family enrichment coach and life experience and life experience provide a unique perspective on parenthood. His new book, How to Be How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be, is his second book on parenting. So without further ado, let's welcome Jim White to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, well, thank Jim. you. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here and looking looking forward to it. Awesome. So I'm glad we're able to connect once I see your, your parenting uh, your parenting book and what you do and your background. I said I got to have him on here. There's a lot of uh, audience members with, with kids that range from anywhere like four years old to just before their 20s. So I'm sure you have a wealth of knowledge to help them. And uh, I want to thank you as we talked in the, in the pre-show, your two daughters are serving our country right now, the Marines and the Navy. That's outstanding. And uh, thank you. Thank you to them. Thank you to you for supporting them through their journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it makes it I do have a little bit of a special place in my heart for all of the service members. So this this audience is a, a great fit for me from that perspective. Awesome. Uh, Jim, if you don't mind, tell us a little more about your background, a little more than what I just uh, blabbed on about uh, that you can enrich us with and uh, tell us a little about where you come from and how we got to where we are now. Sure. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of background. And again, my end goal here is to sort of share how I got to this place with the uh, Family Enrichment Academy. So as you mentioned, um, and I will add to what, what you mentioned, that I've been a student of personal development, family enrichment, and parenting for the last 40 years. And 
Um, and more importantly, I've been I've spent those 40 years applying the lessons learned in my role as a husband and a parent of six children, as, as you as you mentioned. Um, I'd like to use the analogy of a hero's two journeys. Um, I feel like I'm kind of a classic example of that. And uh, for your audience members that aren't familiar with that idea, it's, it's a storytelling technique that's used a lot in books and movies. Um, I don't know if you might be familiar with it, Rich, but it's a the premise is that the main character or the hero is on two different journeys. That first the first journey is a journey of accomplishment. You know, they always have a goal or a task that they're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> and, you know, there's obstacles that they encounter and they and this makes for an interesting story. But the second journey is known as the journey of fulfillment. And what's happening is as they are moving towards that outside goal, they're also going through an internal transformation. You know, they're discovering new things about themselves and principles and values that just make their life work better um, as they go through that process. And that's what makes the story really compelling. So bringing that back to me, I feel like my life journey as a parent and a husband has been like that hero's two journeys. Um, as you can imagine, there has been a lot of stuff for us to accomplish, you know, a lot of outside tasks, you know, places to be, homework to help with, um, you know, clothes to wash, dinners to make. I mean, there was just a lot of tasks for us to take care of, which your audience is very familiar with. Um and we came across our share of obstacles as well. Um, we dealt with everything from like a lost homework assignment or a bad grade on a test to one of our kids uh, struggling with a learning disability. Um, if furthermore, you know, everything from a scratched knee to one of our kids struggling with drugs and alcohol and having some issue there. Um, you know, we've, you know, had wrecked cars. I mean, we've dealt with all of the obstacles that your audience deals with as well. And as you can imagine, 40 or imagine 40 years of marriage, we've had some good days and sunny days, but we've had our share of cloudy days as well. And in fact, I like to say we've had three distinct hurricanes over our 40 years. And, you know, these were times where, you know, divorce was discussed and, but that's what couples go through. But the interesting component is as I was doing all the stuff that a dad does, you know, all of that outside journey, through my interest in personal development and parenting and family enrichment, I was also experiencing this internal transformation. I was discovering new principles, values, and beliefs that just made our family work better. And in fact, there was about 20 years ago or so, um, I wrote was I wrote the first book, but I also wrote a definition of a successful family, sort of like our definition of success. And it was about, you know, the family speaks with respect. We honor differences. We empower each other. You know, we truly enjoy being together. Um, another important component is that we have the ability to effectively overcome any difficult obstacles that come our way. And then the final line of the um, definition was that there's a sense of peace, joy, warmth, and love within our home. And so that was, it was like our target or our ideal, if you will. And while our family doesn't always look like that, we do more often than not. And the other thing equally as important is when we get sort of off track, if you will, I have a really good idea of how to bring us back. And again, it's just through that internal transformation, that second journey that I've gone through over the last 40 years. Um, so where I find myself now is our youngest child is actually off in college. 
And this started popping up for me several, a couple, three years ago now, where I just felt called to share some of the um, wisdom learned, if you will, or the wisdom gained over the last 40 years um, around parenting. So I formed the Family Enrichment Academy as a vehicle to do that. Um, as you mentioned, I've written a book. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do workshops. Um, so I just try to find different avenues of sharing some of that wisdom and some of the insights gained over the time as a parent um, over these last 40 years. So that's kind of a 40-year journey packed into maybe a what a five, eight-minute conversation there. But that's how I got to where I'm at. And again, we have six children. That are, our youngest is now 21. The oldest one is 30. What is he? 36 or seven now. And we have 12 grandchildren. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of family stuff and we've been through a lot, just like your listeners have over the years. That's a great history there. I mean, 40 years, that's a long, that's a long journey. Uh, I like how you, you said three hurricanes in your, in your years and. Uh, I know uh, in ours, we we're only 28 years in and when we've had some ups and downs, you ride the waves, you got to, you, know, you have the good times, ride the good times, you have the bad times, you got to fight through it to get to where you are now. And I think right. that's a, your testament to that fighting through to make it through to the other side of that wave. And uh, I think that's amazing. The testament to you and your wife. And now you've spread that to your children as well. I mean, that's a big gap too, from 37 to 21. So you, you had a large gap in there of children, children spread out with the, the six of them in there. And now grandchildren are probably creeping up on that uh, 20 year old as well. So that's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it's interesting. My youngest daughter is actually closer in age to my oldest grandchild than she is to my oldest son who has our oldest wow. grandchild. Our old, our oldest grandchild is now 11. She's technically a preteen. So that's where this whole topic is very relevant for me because my grandchildren are starting to move into those years now as well. So it's, it, but it's interesting. So I'm in a different place because I'm the grandparent. So it's yes. more of an observer as, a, as opposed to the active in the, in the fray, if you will, um, where you are when you're a parent. So. But it's um, yeah, it's it's been a, a wonderful journey. And I'll just I'll add something for your listeners. You know, the idea of the struggle. What one of the insights I would share is that those struggles are really gifts to you, because if you work your way through them and you go into it with an open and a growth based mindset and you try to stay and one of my themes is the idea of staying engaged from a love based mindset or a loving perspective if you approach those difficult times that we all face from, from there, they actually are huge opportunities to grow and develop as a person. And you come out the other side better off in the end. And I know, you know, with your military background, the analogy would be, you know, you got to put people through some difficult times. That's how they become better and how they learn and grow. And the same thing's true with your relationships with your spouse and with your kids. Um, you know, they're going to challenge you, but those challenges are just tremendous growth opportunities. If you think of them that way, you know, it's a, it's about mindset. Um, if you approach it that way, it's, it's a, it's a real opportunity. Definitely. And mindset, a person's mindset will, can change anything, any, any situation, either good or bad. You can make it a, a bad situation, good, find the good in the bad situation to make things better at the other side of it. If you go into it totally negative, things can become very, spiral out of control and lose lose your way in that whole journey at that point. So Absolutely. That's a, that's a brilliant point. In your book, what are the key strategies you kind of mold and teach people in there? 
So, and actually what we were just talking about is the first, what I would call the first fundamental in the book. The, the first area I really focus in on is with the parent and, ha and, and hoping, you know, being able to coach and help them and empower them really to manage their own mindset. And the way I describe it in, uh, I'll throw this out for your listeners is inside of all of us. I like to, to share the visual that we have two competing mindsets or two competing perspectives that we all have. And one of them is fear-based and the other one is love-based. And in any given moment, you're coming from one or the other. You, you don't do both. You can't, they, they won't exist simultaneously. Um, the classic example is, you know, for your, you know, you got a 16 year old who just got their driver's license and they're heading out of the driveway for their first solo drive, right? A lot of times parents at that moment are fear-based. In other words, they're fearful. What, you know, what could happen? They're, they're worried that, you know, it's going to be an accident or they could get hurt or they could get in trouble. And so there's a lot of fear in their perspective at that moment. And part of that first step is first to be aware of where you are. And if you find yourself in a fearful mindset, my, I guess, um, sort of suggestion for people and insight that I've gained over the years is anytime you're in that fearful mindset, you're going to damage relationships and it's a source of pain and suffering. You know, fear just is, it's detrimental to the situation. And so part of the goal is to then be aware and then develop some of my strategies and techniques to shift to more of a love-based mindset because the love-based mindset has healing attributes and it's the source of joy and a sense of purpose. And so the first fundamental is for the parent to be very aware and develop some abilities. It's, it's almost along the lines of like emotional intelligence is how can I manage my mindset and be able to shift when I catch myself being really fearful and um, be able to shift to more of a, a, a love-based mindset. And it's interesting, you know, when parents, I talk to them, I start talking about being love-based and they say, well, I, I love my kids. And I'm not saying you don't love them, but there are moments in time where you you sort of shift away from that and it's just, it's circumstantial a lot of times. Something happens and it'll pull you to be fearful. And it's a matter of, okay, I got to catch myself there and shift back. So that's the first fundamental or strategies and techniques around managing that mindset, which then leads to the second key that I talk about with parents, with teenagers, which is around building connection. You know, in those teen years, parents start to feel that there's a distance or a gap starts to develop between them and their child. And it's sort of natural when you think about it, that teenager is now viewing themselves as their own person. They're having their own opinions and beliefs, and they're starting to disconnect a little bit from the parent, which again, in and of itself is not a bad thing, but the parents recognize that. And so the second step is how can I still maintain that connection or, or rebuild and develop that connection in a new role? And then the third fundamental that leads out of that is the idea of empowerment. And then how do I empower the teen to make good choices as opposed to trying to control the teen? One of the big conversations I like to have is to have that parent think about, I got to let go of controlling. You know, when they're young, you control everything that happens. But when they get older, you let go of that need to control and shift to more of an empowerment mindset. And so those are the three fundamentals that we, you know, I really talk about a lot in the book. I mean, that's great. Uh, the mindset thing, of course, you know, I had my mind going crazy, but 
that's what that's what makes us all uh, tick having a positive mindset or growth mindset or yeah. love mindset you have to have that to make it everything all these little crazy things work you don't think about that when you're in it but when you can step back like you've been able to now step back now and watch your your kids raise their kids as the intermediary now you're you're the guy in the middle that can give them sugar and send them home but you also can give advice to your your children now, and they'll listen now. Not like they didn't listen when they were teenagers, but it kind of went in one year and out the other at that right. point until later on when that light bulb comes on and says, Dad was right. He wasn't just yelling. <laughs> he was actually telling us. He was teaching us, but not, we weren't listening. And right. I mean, that's a stage I think I'm at now. I, I learned that as I was with our daughter when she was growing up. I was gone a lot because of the military. So and every time I came home, it was like a whole new start again because I was right. gone for a year. I was gone for so long, come back, and oh, here's, here's this guy again. What's he yeah. going to do now? And I'd have to kind of step back and just kind of gradually come back in as slowly as possible without getting, uh, I guess, without ruffling feathers or becoming that seagull and, and crapping all over everything and then leaving again. So it was hard to ride those waves. It wasn't until I retired where me and my daughter actually got a close bond again in 2015. And now, I mean, every week we go to lunch on Wednesdays. We, she helped me write my book. She edited it. I took her on her book tour when she wrote her book. So was, we grew closer after she grew up. So now we're close, like we're like best friends now. So, which and actually something I would add that would be re really relevant for your audience that you made me think of. Um, I'm sure people within your audience have deployed. You know, they're gone for, like you say, extended periods of time and they come back. And what I would throw out to them is when you come back, your primary number one focus is rebuilding connection. That's where you got to focus your time and your effort. And, and you until that connection is reestablished, um, especially with teenagers, I like to suggest that you, you can't influence or empower that teenager unless you have a strong connection with them. Um, and so that's why you got to build the connection first. Then once that's established, then you can talk about influence or you can talk about empowerment. But and if you've been gone for a while, the point is, you know, you come back and that first week, it's not a good time to start, you know, advising them, if you will, or trying to influence them because you haven't reestablished the connection yet. And you need you may have to invest, you know, several weeks in reestablishing that connection before you can start to step back into that role of influencing or empowering them. And then you probably experienced that as you were away and then came back. Multiple times, uh, trying to put the shoes back on differently every time to try mm -hmm. to figure it out. Understanding that we both changed every time I left. So if I left, I seen a lot of things and came back different, didn't even realize it. They realized it and I was acting different towards them. So I was standoffish and, it, it took a long time to heal and uh, get, right. us, get us to where we are now. So it, it's a it's a fight, like kind of talked about earlier, riding those waves and uh, staying on top of the wave and not falling in and, and succumbing right. to this part. And, and actually, you mentioned, too, there it's inching. One of the things I try to recommend to people is be very aware of what you are experiencing from an emotional standpoint, because that gives you signal or an insight as to where you are from a mindset standpoint. So picture the scenario you know, you come back after deployment and whether it's a teenager or preteen or whatever, and you try to reach out and sort of connect with your child and they resist you a little bit. It's very natural for the parent to feel a little bit of frustration or maybe they feel a little disappointment or they experience one of those types of emotions. And my 
point would be those are signals that you're being fearful. And if you're really honest with yourself, you're you're afraid that you aren't going to be able to reestablish that connection. And so that brings up that frustration or disappointment. And so in that moment, the, the idea is, oh, wait a minute, I'm feeling frustrated. That's a sign I'm in a bad place. If I act out of that frustration, I'm just going to damage the connection further, right? And so what you have to do is stop, catch yourself, create a little bit of a pause, and then see if you can shift your perspective into more of a love-based perspective. And what would come up then is something like compassion for your child, but it's compassion because, you know, they've been without you for six months or nine months or whatever the time frame. And, you know, it's hard for them and they're they're experiencing, you know, you have that compassion or forgiveness for them. And then you act out of that and that will build the connection. So it's, um, you know, you're what you're going through and experiencing is a great in, you know signal or insight into what where you are from a mindset standpoint. Definitely. And uh, I appreciate the. The inf- the words you just gave, the in- information you gave us there is I know a lot in the audience, like you said earlier, have been through this or are still going through it and have to deal with that same uh, leave comeback syndrome or, or dynamic as, as the years go further in, in their marriages and their child's lives. So right. that, that's a great information you just share, shared with us. With, of all the parents that you've helped, what are some of the commonalities amongst them, uh, common issues that they all have when they bring to you, come to you for help? One of the, I I sort of alluded to it, but one of the most common, I call it symptoms, when people come to me is they're in conflict or constantly fighting with the teen. You know, the the teen feels a little disconnected and there's just anytime they try to get them to do something, it just turns into a battle a lot of times. And that's, you know, when people come to me, that's a lot of what's going on. And Again, where we start with that is, again, it's a mindset in this distinction between control and empowerment. And it's a continuum. So what I would share with the audience is, you know, when they're young, when they're little, when they're five years old, you do control pretty much everything that happens with that child. Right. You decide when they eat, when they go to bed, what you know, you're you're in charge as they move into those teenage years there's a natural transition to that teen wanting to take control of their own life. You know, they're wanting to exercise some of their independence. And when that starts to happen, that's when parents, if they hold on too tight and they try to control everything, they start to have these conflicts that pop up. There's, you know, the teens trying to, um, and what I would encourage you to think about is, you know, the end goal is to get that teenager to be able to launch off into their life. So they're in their 20s and they're self-sufficient, independent, responsible citizens. And that starts when they're 12, 13, 14, by you starting to turn over some control to them. Um, Some example, let's say you've got a 13-year-old, you know, turn over the process of washing their clothes to them you know, that's a responsibility that you can start to shift to them and empower them to do that. Um, But it's a different mindset, you know, when you start to do that. One that is a little bit harder sometimes for parents to let go of is around schoolwork, let's say. Um, You know, turn over the responsibility for managing their homework 
to the child when they're 13, 14, you know, at some point you got to turn that over to them because ultimately it's their grades, right? It's their school. They need to take ownership in that. And it's not that you're abandoning them. You're there in support and empowering them. And that's where that the, the premise of empowerment is so critical um, because it's you're supporting them and taking ownership in it is what you're doing. And it's those empowerment skills that we then work with and coach parents on. Um, another great one I heard actually a parent just the other day was saying that their, their teen got their driver's license, right? So now they're able to get themselves around. So she handed the dentist phone number and the doctor's phone number to the teen and said, you're in charge now. You schedule your appointments. You figure out when you're going to get there. Again, you're, you start turning that over to them. Um, and, it, you know, it's just, it's just a great exercise to go through. And then if the teen feels a little lost, the, the challenge and where it's more of an empowerment, let's say that that teenager, you turn over the dentist phone number, say, okay, you need to do this. And they say, well, I don't know what to do. A lot of times parents want to jump in and fix that or take back over, you know, take it back over. Whereas the empowerment approach is to say, well, what do you think you should do? You sort of you ask a question that puts it back in their court and allows them to process it. And let's say they come up with, you know, well, maybe I can, you know, go on Tuesday after school. Uh, and you ask, well, will that get in the way of anything else that you're doing? You, you again, you ask a question to have them think through and process what they're doing to see that they're making a responsible decision rather than answering the questions for them. You ask them questions that have them think through it. That that's empowerment. Um, and it's a different skill set that sometimes parents aren't comfortable with. And that's part of what I try to do is help coach them. Okay. Here's, here's how empowerment would look in this scenario, as opposed to trying to control it or fix it. So I don't know. Hopefully that makes a little sense. Yes, it does. And empowerment that, a lot of the parents can you can I'm sure when you're you're talking to them and uh, giving this information, you talk about empowerment. If they're in the business world, it's the same, no different from when they empower their employees or their subordinates to go out and take those chances, take those risks, as long as they're able to accomplish the mission on their own, think for themselves. You're doing the right. same thing as that teenager, like when you the example you said about the young child, uh, the teenager who got the license. Here's your doctor's number. Here's your the dentist number make your own appointments. You're empowering them to make those decisions. Now they have to be on time. They know that they can't rely on mom and dad now. It's up to them to get that vehicle, right. make sure it's running and get there. So that's a, a perfect thing to do right there. Right. And if they, let's say they forget and then the, the dentist, the dentist bills you $85 for the missed visit, you know, right. they should pay that. Right. And that's part <laughs> of that process. They need to understand the consequence. That's a natural consequence of them not, of making it to the appointment. And, and again, what you, in, in, in the interesting place from a parent's standpoint is, so now you've got that bill, let's say in that scenario is to right. have some compassion for them. Cause if you just say, Oh man, you screwed up, you're a bad person. You know, that makes, that doesn't empower them, but you can have some compassion, you know, Oh man, that's, that's a tough deal. Uh, what are you going to do to make some money? Again, you sort of put them back into that, responsibility. How am I going to deal with this? Um, and, and have them think it through, but do it from a compassionate. And that's where you do it from a love-based mindset, from a compassionate place. And the other thing that's interesting, when you come from more of a love-based mindset, you see 
it, it, you provide hope to them in that you see their the possibility that they can solve this problem. I think sometimes we sell our kids short and we don't think they can handle it. They can handle a lot more than you think they can. And um, sometimes we don't feel that way, but if we're always doing it for them, we, then we feel like they're irresponsible. And you know they and they may fall a few times. And actually, something else I'll throw out that you know this conversation with parents is sometimes an interesting one. There's a distinction between going in and rescuing your teenager, or do you let them go through the process and as a result they become resilient? You know, we want our teen to be resilient, right? We want them to be able to work their way through problems. If we always rescue them, they never get a chance to go through that. And the tough part as a parent is that means they're going to have to probably experience a little bit of pain. And a lot of times parents don't, it, it's hard for us to let our child experience a little bit of pain, but that's how you develop resiliency is by being right. able to go through that. So it's, it's a, it, it's a fun process once you, you know, as you watch it play out. Definitely. And uh, once you put the ball in their court, like you said, using the, the from a glove and growth mindset, teaching them that they need to learn these uh, the ramifications of action. Here's the bill. Here's your bill. I'm handing you the bill. Now. How are we going to make this right? Yep. I'll, I'll give you an example. Yep. I'll give you an example, specific example from our experience with kids. Um, Teenage son. I have two sons. My younger of the two sons, he's 17 years old in high school still. He and his buddies, which we know happens, right? Another guy in another car, they decide they're going to drag race down one of our you know, city streets, right? Which is teenage boys tend to do that. It was a bad choice that he made. They get caught. He and, you know, it's reckless driving. He ends up in a courtroom. You know, he has a thousand dollar attorney bill that he had to fund. Um, he, you know, he had to stand in front of a judge and sort of, you know, they, they plead their case, if you will. Um, you know, but he had to go through that process. Um, you know, if if we step in and rescue him, he's not going to understand the weight of that consequence and, or the understand the 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 responsibility of making a good choice the next time. And, right. you know, in that next time he might've been 21 and been drinking and then do the same thing. Right. And then it's even worse. So, you know, the, the premise is we have to, and it's hard. It was hard for my wife and I to sit in that courtroom and see him and him and his buddy were there together. <laughs> they split the attorney fee, but to see them <laughs> sitting up there, and, you know, and sort of going through that process. But, you know, that's what's hard as a parent, because you sit there and you worry about them. Is he going to be OK? Is he does he have the uh, the stamina, if you will, to to go through that difficult time and come out the other side? Um, that's the kind of stuff that when you're sitting there, you worry about. Um, and but that's part of our parenting growth as well, is to be able to let that happen and you let him have ownership of that problem and, and deal with it. So. Exactly. Thanks for sharing that. When you said <laughs> that's what boys do. Yeah. It's a, Hey, check this out, bud. Uh, let's I bet you won't do it. And here we are. <laughs> now, now we're in court. Thanks buddy. Yeah. And hopefully you're still down there. Learn the lesson from that. And uh, they, they and learned it, and grow. They learned yeah. and grow from the situation. 
exactly. And that's, yeah, that's just, and we all have it. So I, you know, part of why I share that too is let you know, I mean, I, we've been through it too. I mean, everybody goes through those kinds of things and it's a matter of how do, how does this help us to grow as parents and how does it help the child to grow and evolve as well? And that's, you know, that's that growth mindset. Um, rather than it being the end of the world, this is an opportunity to grow and learn and develop and to be more responsible the next time. Um, and that's, you know, that, that, that allows it to be productive rather than it being destructive, you know, going forward. Exactly. And that's been, it's been great. Uh, this whole conversation has been great. We'll probably go over a couple hours with this, but you know, we have to keep the block so people will stay tuned in for now. And the 30 minutes is probably a good time. We'll call a break. We'll probably have to do a part two at some point when uh, uh, we get back around to each other and see how we can do this again. But Jim, how can someone get in contact with you to get some of your teachings, to to learn your information, or just to chat with you on their show? Sure, absolutely. So um, the website is familyenrichmentacademy.com. So it's just the name of the of the um, organization. And actually, I've got, and I'll share a link with you that maybe you can include in your show notes. I've got what I like to call it a free gift for your listeners. Um, I have... And I think I mentioned that one of the most common things I hear from parents is they start to feel disconnected from their teen or like their teen won't talk to them anymore. And the key I like to share back is one of the ways to sort of break that down is you have to ask better questions. And so the resource that I have, I have 10 questions you should never ask your teenager. Think of these as like conversation killers. You know, they're the ones that just shut them down. But then I also have 10 great questions. You know, these are the conversation starters. And it's a free resource. It's a PDF download. So I can share the link for that. Or it's on the homepage of the website as well. Um, but so your audience, if they're interested in that, they can go there and um, be able to download that resource, which is a great way to connect us in the community as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. Thanks again for taking some of your time to hang out with us tonight and share your wealth of knowledge with us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And um, again, hopefully we can do it again at some point. Awesome. Definitely. That was a great conversation with Jim. I hope you guys got a lot from it. I know I did. And uh, I'll have the link in the show notes so you can just click on to be a clickable link as well as uh, it was going across the bottom of the screen at the time he was speaking. So just a, a wealth of knowledge and thanks a lot, Jim, again. And thanks for being a, a part of the Misfit Nation. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 